0: If your circumstances are difficult, sometimes it helps to sleep on it. When you wake up, you'll feel renewed and ready to tackle life's challenges. That's exactly what the marmot does, and his biggest problem is winter. But high-altitude frost is nothing an eight-month nap can't fix in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe.
1: And I'm Carlos.
0: Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on, on, Michelle on YouTube or Spotify.
1: Michelle. Uh, and thank you to Johanna for the creation of this week's artwork. To check that out, you can visit us at our home on the web at lttaxonomy.com. And a very special thank you to, Jess, to our patrons, Jesse Raspalich, Carol Raspalich, Richard Caspar, Lottie and Aubrey. Thank you so much for your support. It's greatly appreciated. Thanks for helping us keep the lights on. And Lottie and Aubrey have given us some animal suggestions. So uh, for uh, for patrons out there, we love to hear your animal suggestions and um, yeah. That's a it's a it's a perk. Sign up.
0: We yeah, also we found out that you can't well I found out because people did it, you can become like a pay, like a free tier patron, which means you don't have to pay any money. And if you want to come over and hang out and give us animal suggestions, that would be fun. And, you, and I also post the um, video episodes of the podcast there.
1: Yeah, just come and show us that you uh, that you you know you like us a little bit. You know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know you like us, but uh, just come yeah, come hang out and. Um, part of our little community it's growing
0: yeah alrighty and today we're talking about some sleepy mountain rodents but more on that later
1: as opposed to rocky mountain high
0: as opposed to sleepy man banjo band
1: oh yeah (laughs) yeah that that thing that everybody knows about
0: i was not making reference to that but I, i was just thinking about it now uh, but yeah, what are yeah, we talking about?
1: We're talking about the, uh, w- the, the, the the most cowardly uh, no. mammal in the, in the world, the yellow-bellied marmot. Yeah, yellow-bellied <laughs> marmot! If and they're not, not even
0: really yellow-bellied, they're just yellow-chested. Yeah. I guess some of them can, probably can be yellow-bellied.
1: And if they're just like sitting there if they're not standing up
0: If you go to Wikipedia The third picture Is him just sitting like a person on a rock And it's so funny to just look at (laughs) Yeah
1: With his feet splayed out uh, On a rock on on a mountain It looks um, Dumpy and majestic at the same time
0: (laughs) Speaking of majestic I saw these um these little in guys in California in real life yeah um up in up in in Yosemite there's a i forgot the name of the lake but there's a lake that you it's like 2 hours away from the entrance of Yosemite and it's higher in elevation and these guys were just chilling sitting on rocks just like that and like looking around just
1: Playing video games and watching TV, you know? <laughs> Eating Doritos.
0: If you put a controller in this guy's hand, this one that's sitting on a rock, it would make total sense.
1: It would make total sense. Uh, definitely a character on a regular show. Um, yeah, but we're going to... Uh, it's also known as the Rock Chuck, which Chuck is definitely the name I would give to this guy that's sitting on a rock.
0: <laughs> that is Rock Chuck. That is... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah Uh, but we're going to call it here the Burrowers uh, and Chuck Boris because they they bore down into the ground I should have done something with cowardice because they're yellow belly but uh, it was press time came to the uh, nicknames and thank you to and we really for the borrowers because i did not even know what the borrowers are which is what the, the really play that is um and she was she was astonished um and said just say the borrowers everyone will know what you mean i was like okay
0: <laughs> yeah it's a miyazaki movie too is there's it a, really there's a movie called the borrowers which is like a live action with little people in it like a thumbelinas yeah and then there's also one of the Miyazaki movies, they are the little people in it are borrowers. I forget what which one of the movie is. Which one of the I, mean, I, don't, I forget the name of it.
1: I don't think I've I've seen uh, quite a few of the Miyazaki movies and I don't I don't remember that so it must have been like must've been one of the slice of life ones that didn't really interest me. Um let's
0: Oh, The Secret World of Air Yeti.
1: Yeah, I have never heard of it. Let's taxonomize this, the marmot. The kingdom, you know it, you love it, you're in it. Animalia. Phylum, Chordata, Class, Mammalia. The order is Rodentia. It's a rodent. The family is Sciuridae. Yep, Sciuridae. The tribe, there's a tribe for this one, is Marmotini. Made with vodka, marmots, and an <laughs> olive, and it's shaken, not stirred. Uh, the genus is Marmota, and the species is Flaviventris. Flavisham.
0: <laughs> I love going to brunch and uh, getting uh, endless marmotas. I do. You want a marmota or a martini? I don't. I don't really. Lo- I don't really care for uh, gin. <laughs> I don't know. It's in a martini. <laughs> I thought it was maybe gin. it
1: is gin. I thought it was vodka. I'm pretty sure it's vodka.
0: Yeah, it's It's vodka. I don't like vodka, but uh, but I think a mimosa has vodka in it.
1: Mimosas have so champagne the, in them.
0: Yeah, that's right. I don't know anything about. <laughs> I don't but know I, anything about these pre- breakfast cocktails. I do. <laughs> I think martini is like really <laughs> alcoholic and you would never really drink it at breakfast.
1: It's the idea of a martini being a breakfast cocktail. I think it's specifically a high-class evening cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> just If you wake up and you have a martini, you have a drinking problem.
0: But a mimo- mimosa is a breakfast cocktail.
1: Yeah, if you wake up and you have a mimosa, you still have a drinking problem, but it's more socially acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> I do love mimosas, just not in the morning. Because uh, I love orange juice. Orange and juice is great. You can it sparkling. And so I would more, be more likely to have a marmota than a marmatini. That's for sure. Mm. But the Probably binomial same. nomenclature for the marmot is the marmota flaviventris.
0: That's fine.
1: Yeah. So uh, since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show: critter groups. We us do this one again. Which is the part of the show where i ask you joe a question and that question is the same every time what is the name of a group of this animal or what is the term of entry or what is the collective noun if you saw a group of marmots which it sounds like you did what would you call it would you say that's a an aperture of marmots b a burrow of marmots c a colony of marmots or d A dither of marmots.
0: It's a colony of marmots. Whenever Uh, I I saw it on the, uh, you are I thought I was hoping that there was like that the Wikipedia page just was calling it a colony, and that there was actually another one. But yeah, a lot of there's a lot of colonies of things.
1: Yeah, when it's I I I saw it was very. Prominently displayed, and I was like, "Ah, maybe he, he's gonna see it." So when that happens, I probably should just default to. It's another reason why nitty-gritty nomenclature is uh, is quickly overtaking critic groups as the more practical of the two games.
0: Um, and it makes a uh, like it's it's interesting to it, you learn something, not just something that they made up on Reddit. You know, oh, it's just
1: so much harder because uh, <laughs> not because. Uh, it's rare that I just like, oh, translate Flavaventris or something, and it's like, oh, it just means this. I have to be like, translate Flav, okay? And now, now uh, there's a transition there and then Entris. How, how, what does that mean? What does that suffix mean? Okay, it means this. Like, I have to put it together. Mm. Like, I'm... Indiana Jones, and it's not even that you can
0: just like get to know one language because it's multiple languages that they use.
1: Yeah, and then it's, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely more scalable than critter groups. (laughs) Um, but yeah, a colony of marmots is what you would call uh, a group of them. So, that out of the way, would you like to hear? About what it looks like,
0: I sure would. Even though I've seen it in real life,
1: I know. So this is for the benefit of the listener. It is a large, fat squirrel. <laughs> End of discussion. Um, really, that's. I mean that, that is, You are if you are imagining a large fat squirrel, you are ninety five percent of the way there. Um, Take some has,
0: bushiness out of the tail, and you're. Yeah,
1: kidding. it has it has brown and tan fur, and the yellow-bellied marmot in particular has, not yellow but blonde, like yeah, blonde, golden uh, fur on its chest and on the front of its legs. Um, it is like a mid-stage Pokemon evolution between a squirrel and a beaver. Like <laughs> you would catch a squirrel on Route One. Um, and then by the time you got to the third gym, you would have a beaver. But in between, you'd have the awkward marmot stage. Um it has a shorter and less fluffy tail than a nor- than like a squirrel. Um or just I think it is it does belong to the same um uh ground
0: squirrel uh, family.
1: Yeah, family is squirrels. Uh Skiridae.
0: Skiridae, yep. Yeah.
1: But um yeah, so squirrels have that big fluffy tail that arches back over their back, and uh, this is not the case. It's it's, it's like you took all the life out of that, uh, and it's just this kind of wet sock um, attached to its its hindquarters, and that's that, that you have the tail of a marmot. Um, and there isn't that much uh, else to say. If you if you're imagining a, a large fat squirrel with a wet sock attached to its rear, then you have a marmot in your head. <laughs> you should see a doctor to have that removed. Um, But I did say it was large. How large is it, Joe? It's
0: a great question. Welcome to the beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show. The part of the show when, when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family... It's also a part of the show that's introduced by you when you send an audio of yourself saying, "singing" you're jittering the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have any measure up intro this week. So we're going to get to hear from a marmot. So the um, if you've seen the screaming marmot meme, yeah. where you see a marmot, or like you see something, I think people were calling it like the screaming gopher meme, but it is a marmot uh, that like, stands up and like and there's a mountain vista behind it and then it just yells like a man. That's the meme. <laughs> uh this is what that video sounds like the real marmot sound. What
1: it? Oh, what I haven't it? seen I think I I've definitely heard the real like screech of the marmot but I haven't, se- I haven't seen whatever videos where it screams like a man.
0: Oh, yeah, you'll have to look that up because I could play it, but then it's just going to sound like a man screaming. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a really like...
1: I absolutely had to take my headphones out for that one. <laughs> that 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 pierced my core i, I hope i hope everybody else extreme. is okay
0: i can adjust see i can't adjust in real time i don't know what it's going to sound like to you but i can protect the listener yeah that was unpleasant <laughs> uh so before we start getting into measure up the like a couple weeks ago we heard from Calvin. We played a video of him specifically saying what you what you said might be the might be the the sentiment of the listener, which is that measuring guns is getting old. Let's do something else. And I think he's gonna really like this measure up, and you'll see why soon. All right. All right. Let's talk about length. They're forty-seven to sixty-eight centimeters, which is eighteen and a half to twenty-seven inches. How many ultra-whistle diameters go into the length of a marmot?
1: I think you're going to have to go ahead and tell me what an ultra-whistle is.
0: Okay, here's a hint. The ultra-whistle was a steam whistle, like the kind used on trains and steamships. And, like, uh, apparently, like, standalone steam whistles would be on, um... Like in factories, and like uh, quarries, you know, like if you wanted to make a really loud sound for everyone around to hear, you need a steam whistle. Um, And it was said to be as loud as 124 decibels if you were standing 100 feet away. So that could really damage your hearing if you were right next to it.
1: There's a there's a really 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 terrible and silly anime called bo Bobobo bo, 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 from like Obviously. the early 2000s. Um, the main character's main attack is called Super Fist of the Nose Hair, but I'm pretty sure if he had a second attack it would be Ultra Whistle.
0: <laughs> I wonder if an Ultra Whistle sounds like a marmot scream. I was I did this one because I wasn't I didn't I was thinking about like how do they make Whistle sounds back then. Well, like nowadays, you honk a car horn, and it's like a recording of a horn. Is it? But then, like, I'm pretty sure it's not a real horn anymore. Um, but then, I for some reason it never occurred to me that steam whistles was literally like the steam engine on a train, and the steam running the steam through the whistle to make the whistle sound. Guess I should have thought of that, but uh, but it works because Calvin likes trains.
1: Oh, and my son likes trains, and so I get to watch trains go by for
0: uh, hours on end. You, when you're a little boy, you either like dinosaurs or trains or both.
1: Well, I kind of graduated over into cars he's actually starting to like animals now every night we go there's a there's an uh an alphabet alphabetically ordered um you know series of pictures of animals and he's enjoying naming them all except for we get to Q and it's like oh look this is a quokka and a quail and a quetzal and it's like uh okay daddy doesn't even know these ones um (laughs) but um also, by the way, uh, a car horn is made, uh, using an elect uh, is made electrically, um, by using a thin metal disc and an electromagnet, uh, what? and as the electromagnet oh, not... gets energized, it exerts force on the metal disc and that somehow creates the sound of the car horn. I am not I was, intelligent I enough to explain that thought. any further. Uh but it is not a recording of
0: but it's also not a sound. horn.
1: But it is also not moving I thought air it was, through us through a space.
0: I thought it was that old cars have like the a big bicycle horn on it? You know, like the kind that you honk the no, horn, old, literally?
1: old cars have uh, an, an old man inside each one that says Auga whenever you push the
0: button. Oh, that's right. So. That's true. <laughs> so I just assume like, all right, this is going to be a callback. They're just going to like record that and put it in the car. I did not think it was m- magnets and discs. Very interesting. Horns. on vehicles, are more interesting than you think. Well, you just never think about it.
1: But I would very much like to replace my car horn with a a UGA, now that I'm thinking about it. (laughs) Um, Uh, All right, so how how, many...
0: The diameter you're looking for. Diameter of an
1: ultra-whistle. How many marmots go into it?
0: How many ultra-whistles go into a marvel.
1: Uh, in okay. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two and leave it at that. Final answer? Yep.
0: The correct answer is one point three. Almost just one.
1: Ah, that isn't not a nursing the ultra control.
0: whistle was twenty inches in diameter.
1: That is an ultra whistle. It's more yeah. ultra than most whistles I've seen, at least.
0: <laughs> Ken, is there a recording of an ultra whistle?
1: Don't play it because my ears can't take another another hit. My eardrums have been whistled at by the marmot, so...
0: Nope. Uh, YouTube has no idea what I want. It's trying to show me train crashes, so... In, incorrect, Google. Was not looking for... Uh, train crash. Sadness. I was looking for something interesting. Let's talk about weight. They're between 1.6 and 5.2 kilograms. Or 3 pounds, 8 ounces. Uh... To eleven pounds seven ounces, we go. It runs the gamut of baby weights.
1: Yeah, both un, both pretty unhealthy. Concerning
0: to <laughs> concerning to concerning for different C- concerning reasons. Concerning to
1: devastating. <laughs> How about that?
0: So <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, I forgot. I haven't asked the question yet. How many marmots could the Union Pacific Big Boy 4014 pull?
1: It's a train train heavy one. Yeah. Big Boy um probably a lot. An engine, I imagine that's what it is.
0: Mhm. It's here's a hint that the Big Boy was a type of steam locomotive manufactured by the Union Pacific between 19 19- 1941 to 1944. They were used all the way up until 1962. Considering
1: that trains can be like several miles long and all full of all the cars full of stuff. And all pulled by one engine. Um, it's going to well, it's, it's a lot.
0: Th- I think the miles long one. Those are more modern. But the, but I guess yeah. Um,
1: Up to the 60s though, I'm. Sh- yeah, I'm pretty sure they could have mile-long trains in the 60s.
0: So what you're really looking for, I guess it's inaccurate to say, how many marmots. You're looking for the locomotive. Tractive weight. So tractive force, which is like pushing and pulling force. So I don't know if like, cause. I don't know if it means, like, you can't... It can't necessarily pull dead weight a, mil- a million marmots. You know, it has to be on wheels. Oh, I see what you're so saying. The- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But what if there's,
1: it- like, butter underneath it? Because then, then it can pull a lot more.
0: A hot buttered marmot? Yeah,
1: uh, what, if it, what if it was a million hot buttered marmots? Would you think you <laughs> could pull that one? <laughs> <laughs> Why does it have to be hot? <laughs> I you I mean it has so to be hot doesn't so doesn't coagulate so you could drop it in your martini. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the butter. Um, I'm kind of hungry now. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so I I don't know. I'm gonna say. A hundred thousand pounds. So nine thousand marmots. Nine thousand hot buttered marmots can be hooked up to the back of to this this engine and pulled up and down the Union Pacific Railroad.
0: <laughs> Final answer. Yeah. Correct answer is 11,836 marmots. Huh. Union Pacific Big Boy 414 is the most powerful steam locomotive with a tractive force of 135,000 pounds. 11,000 what?
1: 836. Ah. Uh.
0: <laughs> to, 76 to if it, oof if to have to repeat it, this course yeah i'm going to
1: have to i'm going to take this i already have the i just want the credits
0: <laughs> it it surprised me that and i guess it shouldn't have because all the like uh old cartoons had steam locomotives in it but they went all the way to the 60s like the same year we went to the moon we were using steam powered trains
1: I mean, it just takes a long time to phase that kind of stuff out, especially if it's working fine, but like...
0: Especially if it can pull 135,000 pounds.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there were more diesel trains than steam trains probably around that time, but um, because it makes more sense. But they still use steam trains today. It's just kind of more of a novelty. Yeah. Because they look cool.
0: And sound cool. They certainly do. Uh, but that's all I got for that. Do you have any fast facts before we get into the major fact?
1: I sure do. The mar the yellow-bellied marmot lives in the western U.S. and southwestern Canada, which is why you saw it because you were in the western U.S. in, in uh, although Yosemite.
0: If if you're in if you're looking at the Wikipedia map, it looks like it's not in Yosemite.
1: Yeah, it looks like I. It really does not like California, except for like what what is that San francisco <laughs> it just it just dips right through into San francisco and doesn't touch the rest of the state um but it does live all over that that region um it likes uh to be pretty high above sea level it can be found as uh much as fourteen thousand feet uh above sea level um they like Valleys, meadows, foothills, um not heavily wooded areas in particular um they like to eat grass, grains, leaves, flowers, eggs, insects, they are omnivorous um and they live for f- about fifteen years in the wild. They become sexually mature at uh two years after which they have their marmitzva, and then they can go off and sow <laughs> their wild oats
0: pretty good i like mar <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: another that's another one i i, I can't take credit for if you did that one um the uh they spend about 80 percent of their time in their burrows which so it's kind of remarkable that you saw one at all uh they live in in colonies of about 20 individuals so they're gregarious relatively um and they got to keep an eye out for foxes, dogs, coyotes, wolves, and eagles. Typical North American uh, predators. Um, and if they do spot danger, they whistle to each other. You know, uh, uh, ultra whistle, apparently, because my ears are still ringing <laughs> from what you just played to me. Um, but yeah, I'll leave it at that and uh, let you take over the major facts.
0: Well. Uh, I'm calling this major fact brilliant burrows marmots live in places that are cold and even frozen for long periods Uh, so they spend most of their life sleeping through it Uh, when I saw it I saw it in the early summer and we the, the place we went to was at such an elevation that it was still there was a chill in the air um, but they were out and about. They were, they were, they were none the wiser. To them, it was, it was a hot summer. Hot marmot summer. So them,
1: for them, it was a Tuesday.
0: Yeah. They bro- got out the hot butter. Um, marmots spend 80% of their lives asleep, and 60% of that is in hibernation. Not 60% of their lives, not 60% of the 80%. Um, To sleep that much, you have to have an excellent bedroom, and they do. Marmots live in daily-use burrows that can be 3 feet deep and up to 50 feet long. Wow. Um, During the winter, their hibernation burrows can be as deep as 23 feet or 7 meters. Uh, you got to get real—you're digging your way down the mountain, essentially— you gotta stay warm. Just kidding. Uh, in the spring and summer, they are most active during the day, but they take siestas at noon to avoid the heat of the day. So even when they're active, they're sleeping for a good portion of their 24-hour period. Um, oh, I am, and if you,
1: I am so jealous.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to visit one today, you'll have to come back later. They start to hibernate around September and they sleep all the way to may.
1: It's very jealous. A,
0: like what even is spring at that point? <laughs> it's summer. Spr- spring is late may and that's then it's summer. Um so why why, why do they got why do the males got to get good so good at uh burrowing um because it's it's, their, it's how they woo the ladies. Two-year-old males uh, that emerge from their burrows in the spring immediately start digging their own burrows to prepare for mating season. A great burrow can earn the male marmot many maidens. Hmm. Uh, they mate with two or three females each year. When the pups reach a year old, the male will vacate the family burrow. But he's not a deadbeat. He's sticking around the area to defend one or two of the females and their pups. He can't defend all three or four. So he picks his he's favorites? He's got to pick the ones he likes the he most. He picks his
1: favorites like, like Jacob in the Bible. It's like, ah, I, yeah, don't, much. I don't like Rachel.
0: <laughs> they call this style of mating... Uh what do they call
1: Chauvinism?
0: it? Chauvinism. <laughs> no, it's something like that though. <laughs> um harem polygamous mating system.
1: Hmm. That's got political correctness written all over it. I love it.
0: I think it's because harem describes that it's male. The male is the one that uh
1: no, polygamy describes one male and several females, where like polygamy describes one female That's and several right. males.
0: True, true, true. Um, but the, I guess there's some some that do the opposite, which I don't know how. Uh, because males are generally, and mammals are generally, um, what should we say, uh, expendable? <laughs> They're more expendable than females because you, one male can reproduce with three ma- females in a season, but if, uh, but one female can only reproduce with w- once, you know? So you gotta have the females. Let the males guard the burrow and get taken by the eagles. Uh, because we we got to have them females in the burrows protected. Right. So I guess I don't understand the other way around in nature.
1: Uh some some females can uh can they have like interesting reproductive systems that allow them to Yeah. I say this tastefully collect genetic material from various partners and uh choose which one uh, actually, ends up doing the fertilization.
0: True. Uh, if you want to learn more about that, I think we talk about that in the hyena episode. There's very interesting dynamics there. But that's all I got. Twenty-three foot deep burrows
1: of of just just absolutely chalk full. Of hot buttered marmots.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yum yum. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, 80% asleep. How long do... How much of the human life is a, is spent asleep?
1: Like a third, right? Like 30, 30-something percent.
0: I guess yeah cuz it's like a third of the day.
1: Yeah? Right now that's yeah, not the case for me, but um <laughs> it's supposed to be a third. Uh yeah, imagine. I mean, what? it's not 80, it's not 80% of the day, right? It's 80% of their their lives or like the year cuz they sleep they hibernate from September to to May. So it's just one giant nap. But it's not like a koala where it's like it's where when it's active No, you said it what? Is 60% when it's active? It's still s- or it t- it takes no, siestas. 60% is
0: in hibernation. It takes
1: siestas. Well, it's uh even even during yes. uh when it's not hibernating. Mm-hmm. But it's not like a Midday. like a like a lion that sleeps like 20 out yeah. of 24 hours a day
0: no it's more because the winters are so long up in the mountains
1: yeah you know live somewhere else or you know live where you are and sleep a lot I'm down with that uh-huh. uh huh Any anything that involves sleeping more just, just sounds really really, really nice <laughs> um, alright yeah that's the yellow bellied marmot uh, so, for you out there in Podcastia, yeah. whistle if you hear danger. Sleep as much as you can. And dig a tunnel, dig, dig a tunnel. Like the marmot <laughs> here in Life, Death, and Taxonomy.
0: Quick before the wolves come... Um.